welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and my amazing, awesome, fantastic guest today is none other than the super famous Jim Stroud. Uh, for more than a decade, woohoo! For more than a decade, Jim Stroud <laughs> has built an uh, expertise in sourcing and recruiting strategy, public speaking, lead generation, video production, podcasting. I always get nervous when I interview another podcaster, listeners. Uh, online research, competitive intelligence, online community management, and training. He has consulted for such companies as Microsoft. Google, MCI, and a whole bunch of others. He's also the author of five HR-related books, producer of the YouTube series, The Jim Stroud Show. What a coincidence it's called that. And producer of the Jim Stroud Podcast. And in addition to that, he is the creative mind behind The Recruiting Life, a comic strip and newsletter about none other than the world of work. Jim, welcome to the show today, my friend. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. Okay, so beyond my reintroduction there, Jim, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners a bit more about yourself? Well, um, I have been involved in recruiting in one way or another for two decades, uh, starting at the age of 10, <laughs> obviously. Uh, you mentioned some of the companies I worked for, Google, Microsoft, uh, Siemens, and several startup companies. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be cited in the media for my digital influence and for my opinion on HR issues for whatever reason. Uh, when I am not doing that, I've also was the uh, one of the creators behind SourceCon, which was the premier uh, global sourcing conference in the world. Very proud of that. And um, I've been fortunate enough to speak about the future of work on several international stages. So I think that's uh, me in a nutshell. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. This interview today, we have been trying to do this for a little while now. Glad we got here. And uh, the premise of what you'd like to chat about today is AI's impact on the recruitment industry. And it's in the context that a while ago you gave a presentation on this. Uh, and in that presentation, you gave reasons why some believe that AI will replace recruiters. And then you also spoke about a bunch of reasons why AI will not replace recruiters. I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, so let's get into that. How has AI Jim changed or maybe enhanced or maybe even diminished the ways that folks are, are creating content? Let, let's start there because content is a big part of the the, the the recruitment process, of course, in terms of attraction of candidates, et cetera. What, what, what's been that impact for you? Well, for me, um, AI has been an invaluable tool, uh, particularly chat GPT and tools that are built upon it because it helps me save so much time in research uh, when I'm writing an article on whatever, um, I get at Google and just start banging away, researching different questions and reading and reading and trying to find something that's interesting. Uh, but with ChatGPT uh, and, uh, and other AI-related tools, I'm able to cut that time uh, 
probably by 75%. (laughs) Um, What my my tool of choice these days is perplexity. So I can type in uh, perplexity, um, a question about whatever topic, and it'll give me a lot of information. And it also give me uh, uh, ideas because it'll give me questions related to what I'm asking. So that really informs uh, the way that I produce my content. So I really like that. I also like the ideas that I'm able to get from um, using AI. So if I ask it uh, one question, it'll suggest two or three other things. So time it saves me from brainstorming. Time it saves me from research is why I love ChatGPT so much and AI in general. In the fast-changing new world of work, organizations that want to succeed must support their teams to develop the right skills for today and for the future. As practical learning experts, Halt EF Corporate Education helps organizations and employees of all levels to develop the critical business skills, attitudes and behaviors they need to be successful. We combine the expertise and agility of a boutique learning partner with the resources of a trusted, global organization. Learn more at HaltEF.com. So I am still a bit of a old-fashioned purist, I think, when it comes to preparing for conversations like this, in the sense that as much as possible, the questions that I come up with are largely from my head. Although, I've got to admit, sometimes uh, I might throw a few into chat GPT and say, hey, can you expand upon this and give me 10 beautiful questions? And very often, they're very, very good, actually. I, I can't really complain. Although, ChatGPT is not, not it's, it's not perfect, is it? For, so, for example, I think it's uh, anything earlier, sorry, later than the middle of 2020, it just makes stuff up. Um, yes, uh, yes. Uh, um, so that's quite annoying. Um, <laughs> you, you, you say you love ChatGPT. You gave us some reasons just a moment ago. How is it going to continue to change what you do, Jim? Um, I think it's going to continue to change because it's it's going to change what I do because it keeps changing itself. Uh, when I initially saw ChatGPT, I had an aha moment. Uh, it, I, I thought about when the internet first was online and available to masses back when, I guess, America Online, people thought America Online was the internet. And when I saw the internet in action for the first time, I had the sense that the whole world had changed. You know, people were going to email each other. These different businesses will will appear online. Uh, I started getting into sourcing for the very first time. And the whole world just changed. I had that same feeling when I saw ChatGPT in action um, uh, earlier this year. And I thought, man, the whole world has changed just because of it. Uh, initially, when I started experimenting with ChatGPT, I would ask it questions like, you know, um, what questions should I ask a, um, a candidate for a particular role? Uh, what are uh, questions I should ask the hiring manager to intake question? And it would give me all these wonderful answers rather quickly. And I was very impressed by that. But then almost, I don't know, five or 10 minutes later, I started seeing all these tools that were being built upon ChatGPT. And I saw how things would change automatically. And, and now I'm seeing um, videos uh, by Sam Altman, who's CEO of 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 ChatGPT, of OpenAI, the company that produces ChatGPT. And I see how you can ask ChatGPT to create a program and ChatGPT will create a software program. So now we no longer need um, uh, programmers, presumably, because ChatGPT will will do all that work. 
And so I look at that and I look at all of the, the uh, plethora of tools out there and it makes me wonder how recruiting is going to change over the next decade or if there's going to be a need for recruiters. And I can see how some people can look at that and say, yeah, recruiting is gone. But I also can look at it and see how recruiting is not going to go away uh, the way we know it. But from the standpoint of AI impacting everything, I think it's, it brought a lot of uh, dread a lot of concern and trepidation among recruiters who see their jobs being phased out. But on the other hand, I see it being a really great tool that will help us do our jobs better. And I can sort of argue both sides of that coin. The People and Performance Podcast, supported by Fidelo Inc., is dedicated to offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to establish, grow, and measure the performance of employees. If you enjoy the show, why not subscribe and give us five stars through your favorite podcast app? So many, many years ago, Jim, in a different life, I, I used to host a bunch of different podcasts for the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Okay. And uh, what, one of those shows was around um, uh, social media technologies uh, for salespeople and a couple of few other things. Anyway, I had a guest on there who'd come on fairly regularly. And I remember having a conversation with him once about future jobs and uh, what jobs will be replaced and so on. And he used an example of a car salesman. Okay. And he said, he said, you won't need car salesmen in the future, Bill, because you'll just go into uh, a dealership and there'll be a hologram of some <laughs> car salesman dudes. And, uh, and you've got everything already programmed in there in terms of every possible question and answer that could come up. Um, he said, however, you can't get rid of that relationship part of it. You can't, you can't replace, um, being able to have that charisma to be able to pick up on, on, uh, someone's body language and so on and so forth. That, that'll never go away. So you will always need people. Now I'm not saying that recruiters are salespeople. However, there is a sales aspect to it. I believe, I don't know if you agree with me. Um, but I, th I think relationships are a key part of sales and relationships are a key part of recruiting. Anyway, there's a question in all of this, Jim. <laughs> um, as recruiting is a relationship business and machines don't have feelings, re recruiters aren't going away, right? In some way or other, even though they'll be augmented, they'll, they'll, they'll still be there. Would you agree with that? I would agree that recruiters will still be there, yes. Uh, I think there is some speculation, though, on relationships. Um, in my presentation uh, that I gave at SourceCon uh, a couple months ago, uh, I talked about how people are falling in love with AI, literally. So there's this trend going on now around AI girlfriends, where someone can uh, say, I want my AI girlfriend to have blonde hair and brown eyes and, and look a certain way. And then you start talking to the AI as if it's a real person. People are falling in love with it, literally. Some are uh, getting married to their AI girlfriend. And so when I see that, it makes me wonder, if people can literally fall in love with an AI to the point where they are legally married to it, if that's if that's even possible, then people can develop relationships with machines, right? Another example, uh, there is a company called uh, Scotty AI that will call 100, 200, 1,000 people and say, hey, I saw your resume online. Um, I have an opportunity maybe of interest to you. Can we talk about it? And then the AI can talk to the person on the phone, ask it a few screening questions, uh, set up a uh, meeting between that candidate and a recruiter, 
and uh, the, the, the candidate can then talk to a uh, recruiter about more information about the job. Now, that does not replace the recruiter altogether, but it does take a lot of uh, work off the plate. So um, people can fall in love with machines. Machines can call people uh, at scale, ask them screening questions, get them interested in a job and warm them up uh, for them to talk to a recruiter or maybe bypass a recruiter altogether and go directly to a hiring manager. So um, I think that there is some concern on the, on the side of machines taking recruiter jobs, but at the same time, to your earlier point, people do want to do business with people. So it's one thing to have a great tool that could do all these things, but it's quite another to have people who want to interact with those tools. There is a uh, survey that was done by uh, Pew Research Center, and they interviewed, uh, gosh, I don't know, 20,000 or so people about their opinions about AI. And when they served, um, when they surveyed the audience, I think it was American, yeah, basically American workers, 72% of them said they were opposed to AI in the recruitment process from the standpoint of they did not want a machine to make hiring decisions. They did not want a machine to review job applications uh, totally. Uh, some people even said, I think it was a big number, like 66% said they would not even apply to a workplace to use artificial intelligence to help in hiring decisions. So there is a distinct line between what the workers want and what the recruiters or the uh, HR side of things want. It's great to have a great tool that will do all these things, but if the candidates you want to hire don't want to interact with those tools, then what good are those tools? Does that make sense? It does. But what I'd say to those candidates is good luck because the reality is, you know, in terms of passing technology and uh, reference checking and various other stages now of the recruitment process, the reality is that it is being augmented by AI. AI is Oh, most definitely. Um, although I kind of agree with them to an extent because you're never going to convince me, Jim, that there aren't still the possibility of, of, of inherent biases within AI because of the, 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 the folks who are creating the mm-hmm. algorithms in the, in the first place. I, 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 I've had almost heated arguments for people on the show before who say, who say to me, no, no, don't worry about it. It's all tried and tested, Bill. It's, it's, it's completely <laughs> objective. How? How is that? They're like, oh, we've got this big sample size. Rubbish. In my opinion, there's, there's always that chance. But if there's that chance, then you need to have people involved to, to audit this stuff. Anyway. This is so, so true. So true. If I can jump in on that too, uh, what you said touched on another point that I, I tend to beat the drum on is um, there should always be a human being in the loop, no matter how great and wonderful the tool is. Right? Amazon got in trouble, I think it was in 2018, because they, they made this magic algorithm to find uh, the perfect software developer among the people who apply for their roles. And they got in trouble because the algorithm was finding great candidates, but they were all male. Uh, it was uh, the, the algorithm was uh, excluding women from the process. Amazon got in trouble. Uh, there was a recent um, lawsuit that was won by the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They uh, fined a company called iTutor Group, which was a company that um, has a platform that teaches people English or something like that. It tutors them on on different things. Um, well, their algorithm that was helping them screen candidates screened out people who were of a certain age. So um, 
if, no matter how qualified you were, if the, if the if the algorithm thought you were too old, it wouldn't um, it would not give you an opportunity to to be considered for a role. And so that company, uh, iTutor Group, had to pay uh, $365,000 uh, because of that algorithm. And then there are other studies out there, too, especially around facial recognition, where it would say if someone is black, then they are considered to be more angry. And if someone is white, they're considered to be more happy and productive. So these are biases that are in these perfect algorithms. So it's there's reason enough I would say to always have a human being in the loop. I think the moment someone thinks about giving all control to a machine to handle decisions and do things 100%, you're setting yourself up for failure for sure. So yes, there should always be a human being in the loop, which is why I say recruiters aren't going to go away, in my opinion. Okay, so recruiters aren't going to go away fully. Parts of it will be augmented and replaced and all the rest of it we get that but we've established so far that there'll always be recruiters in some fashion however there is a there is a a bigger issue a more contextual issue here jim and that's um, Mm. a lot a lot of other jobs are going away so you know what does that mean in terms of uh, the 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 job for, for a recruiter if if for example um um lower end developers are no longer needed and, and we've seen that in the last year you know the, your your first couple of years of experience in terms of uh, uh, back-end development that's now replaced by mm-hmm. ai um mm-hmm. so all of those jobs are gone all of those jobs that a couple of years ago they were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to find somebody and giving all these benefits and all the rest of it i now i organize meetups in toronto for example it's full of developers trying to find jobs okay so if that's one example and lots of other jobs are being replaced even if there's a couple of people still there making sure things are happening in the right ways where's the work for recruiters jim i think the work for recruiters is going to change right same way that um the atm machine you know know, people go to atm machine put the card in get the money out check their balance whatever people said when that happened that there will be no more tellers well tellers are still around they're doing different things I think recruiters uh, on down the road may do different things, but they'll still be um, in the recruiting uh, uh, recruiting field. Uh, how that might morph, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's um, uh, there's more emphasis on analyzing talent data, right? So they become better advisors to a company. Maybe it's uh, being better prompt, being prompt engineers. So they can um, know how to get the information that they need for their different workforce challenges. I, I think that in some ways, sourcing may get to be a challenge um, because there are so many AI tools out there that can find people now. So I think that will uh, make sourcers and recruiters become more uh, focused on talent attraction. Right. So let's say I have this magical, mystical tool that will find me the perfect candidate uh, 100% of the time. I put in a few keywords and boom, they're giving me perfect candidates. But that doesn't mean that they want that they are going to work for me. It just means that they are potentially really good for my job. I still have to be able to talk them into a role. What if they're already happy where they are and I have to talk them out of their happy position over into to work for my um, company? Uh, I don't think a machine would be able to do that. I think it takes a human being to do that. And I think recruiters would have to 
uh, focus a lot more on emotional intelligence, uh, perhaps um, uh, more on public speaking so they can have develop their gift of gab so they can talk to people. Uh, so I think the, the jobs will change. Um, and I think that the skills recruiters will need will uh, still sort of be the same, but they, they will change um, somewhat in, in terms of the different tools that they will be using. I think I rambled that. Did that make, did that make sense? I feel like I just rambled that question, that answer. It was beautiful. You're a wordsmith, Jim. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quid I owe you right there. <laughs> Jim, we're coming towards the end of this particular conversation already, but uh, I have had a good time. I think you're cool. I'm going to hound you to come back on and do more stuff with me. Uh, before Please. we do wrap up, to, thank you. Uh, two more questions for you before we do finish, though. Uh, the next one is close to my heart, and I guess to, to yours too, considering other things that you get up to. And I was reading around this only a couple of weeks ago, just just trying to make myself feel okay about it. Um, and that's that's podcasters, Jim. Do you think AI mm. will ever replace podcasters? No, no. I think they will be. Well, I think it depends on the aim of the show, right? So if this is a show where it's just reporting the news or if it's just, you know, um, reporting sports scores, then I could see AI doing that to an extent. I've already seen that in, in some instances around um, news podcasts. Um, but I think that people want to connect with people. You know, they want to hear someone's voice. They want to be able to empathize with them. They want to hear about somebody who may be struggling with their kid or had a flat tire, something that they are doing that another human being can empathize with. I, I, I think machines can can imitate it, but it's not quite the same. So no, I don't I don't think AI will will eradicate podcasters out of a job. I think it'll help them do their job better, but I don't think it'll be a replacement, not truly. I think it all comes down to that wonderful word, pizzazz. If you got the pizzazz like you do, Jim. You can't that. Okay, okay. okay, just finally, for today, sir, how can our listeners connect with and learn more about you? Um, that's easy. Just go to jimstroud.com, G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D.com. All my stuff is there. You can also look for me on YouTube. My name there again, Jim Stroud, and on LinkedIn and on Twitter or X, as the kids call it these days, or Instagram. Just type in Jim Stroud. I'm, I'm on all the socials. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Jim Stroud, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.